0: We're starting a new book this month called The Rhythm of Life of Matthew Kellys. And, uh, you know, he's not an author that we've used here before in our sort of Book of the Month series. And what I like about him in particular, well, first of all, his writing is really easy to read. But you know how sometimes you read something and it feels like you're a spectator? It's like the information comes in, but it's kind of like, you know, you watched a movie on TV and then it's done. And I would say Matthew Kelly, on the other hand, wants to draw you in a bit, kind of intrigues you, wants to set you upon a course of self-discovery. And I like that. So I'm enjoying this book very much. And uh, I think a good place to start, since we are actually going to cover the meaning of life today, Uh, is with perhaps a little bit of what's not the meaning of life. So so here's the beginning of, of this particular chapter in the book called The Meaning of Life. He says, our modern culture proclaims with all of its mighty force, what you do and what you have are the most important things. This, friends, is a lie. It is a deception that has led whole generations of Americans down the well-trodden path towards lives of quiet desperation, but it is a lie that's reinforced with such regularity that we've grown to believe it, at least subconsciously, and we have shaped our lives around it." And so if we are to talk about the meaning of life, I think one of the things we have to understand is it may not be the ideas of success that have been so carefully poured into our brains, that it may not be the idea of corporate ladders and ever bigger houses and you know finer jewelry and more expensive cars, that it, it may not be that progressive path of additional stuff and additional resources and additional accolades and and that really our search for the meaning of life in fact may not be an outward one at all. That perhaps there are other definitions of the meaning of life. Well that leads me to our joke of course. Why wouldn't it? So there was a man who became obsessed with with finding the meaning of life. He read many books, he traveled the world, he sought out many spiritual as well as other teachers, and none of their explanations really satisfied him at all. But finally, one day he heard of a holy hermit who lived in a cave high in the Himalayan mountains. He was said to be many, to be the only man who truly understood the meaning of life itself. So at once, the fellow set out to find this holy teacher. After many adventures, he finally arrived at a steep and forbidding mountain. Using his last bit of strength, he clawed his way up a sheer rock face to a cave entrance, and there he sat, an elderly gentleman in the full lotus position. He asked the old man, Honored sir, I've been told that you alone understand the meaning of life. Please, if you would, be so kind to share this secret with me. Well, after a longish pause, the holy man answered, Life, life is a river. Perplexed, the man asked, A river? That's it? I came all this way. I devoted a quarter of my life and my savings to to come here and find out life is a river. And the wise old man looked inquisitively at his visitor and said, You mean life isn't a river? (laughs) So here's the problem. Here's the conundrum. If we are looking for the meaning of life as it's going to be some snappy bumper sticker, (laughs) there's, there's our issue, there's our problem. Because, of course, the meaning of life is wound up in the purpose of life. And the purpose of life is going to be different for each person in this room. Now there's a good news and a bad news story here. The The bad news is you can't put it on a bumper sticker, or if you did, every single person would have a different bumper sticker anyway. But the good news is the true meaning of life, the true purpose of why we're here is as unique as each one of us. It isn't about conforming to some pre-subscribed purpose. It isn't about trying to figure out how to become something that we're not. In fact, on the contrary, I would say, it's about learning how to become authentically us as individuals. The meaning of life isn't some path that each of us walks the same path the meaning of life, our purpose for being here, can be very, very different paths. All right, a little bit of a segue, and then we're going to get back to the meaning of life. My segue has to do with happiness, because I think that a lot of us were told that the meaning of life, or the purpose of here, is to be happy. And I want to work with that for a minute. And and I think I've heard it portrayed in a couple different ways that are almost the opposite of each other. This idea of purpose and happiness or meaning and happiness. One, I've heard it said that when we find our true purpose, when we understand the meaning of life, then we'll be happy. The idea of that being that spiritual seekingness, that idea of, uh, of, of trying all the different spiritual traditions, of, of really trying to spend and devote much in the way that, that my story of the meaning of life, my joke, had, had that fellow seeking for so many years and so many paths that when we find that thing, when we understand the meaning of life, then we'll be happy. But, you know, I've equally heard it exactly the opposite way. I've heard it said that when I'm really happy, this is the meaning of life. That when I'm in the zone, when I'm, when I'm doing what I've meant to be doing, when I'm feeling that frictionless and effortlessness of being in the present moment, doing what I'm supposed to be doing and interacting with people honestly and opening, that, that this... This happiness creates the meaning in life. So which is it, or is it neither? I wanna do a little exercise with you folks today if you're willing. This is one of those things where if you're comfortable with it, close your eyes, uh, because I think we may already know the answer, at least partially to the meaning of life. First of all, picture yourself having all of your bodily needs completely met, And, and by this, Know that the nutrition you're getting is absolutely perfect. Imagine that your food intake is perfectly balanced with all the vitamins and nutrients and exactly what you need and nothing of what you don't need. Imagine that your body is getting the perfect amount of rest every evening to to restore and rejuvenate yourself. Imagine too that your body is getting exactly the right amount of exercise so that your, your, uh, your muscles are well toned and all of your physical processes are working at their peak perfection. This, this, if you will, is our body in its best and natural and healthiest state. So that all of those automatic uh, processes that go on it can actually for once regulate our blood pressure appropriately. You know, do all the digestion the way it's supposed to happen in a stress-free and perfect way. Now, I would suggest to you, if you wanted to embody this body, that's what happiness is. To your body, this is happiness. Everything working perfectly, stress-free, healthily, vigorously. This is bodily, anyway, happiness. And now I would like to picture your emotions at peace, because that's a part of us, too. Beyond our bodies, we have our emotional body, our, our sense of the, the rhythm of life and the ability to be with people in ease and grace. So picture that you're giving that perfect amount of time to the, the people that you care about and interacting with them in love so that your emotional state is, is one of equanimity and joy, that, that truly listening and, and speaking with integrity, that all of these things are aligning to create in you that wonderful emotional balance, that sense of feeling like you're in the right place, doing the right thing, showing up for the people that you love with love. Now I would suggest to you that these are the conditions for your emotions to experience happiness. That friction-free ability to be with people and to live in your own skin in, the, in your own way that produces that kind of blissful emotional state. This is your emotional body experiencing happiness. Now for a moment, let's picture our mind really engaged. Let's picture our mind eager to be learning new things, eager to uh, maybe read a good book every day for for a period of time. Our, Our minds engaged in maybe new ways of being and experiencing different cultures or different ways of life. Um, having that, that edge on you of, of lifelong learning and, and intriguing yourself, satisfying your curiosity, being able to spend every day, a certain part of every day, fully mentally engaged, growing. This, I would suggest... Is your mind experiencing happiness? That, that growth that comes from within that is brought about by, by training, by education, by healthy curiosity, by expanding your mind in new and wonderful ways. Finally, let's not leave out our, our spirit, our soul, if you will. Imagine that we're taking time to meditate every day. Imagine that we have time to pray for ourselves and others in that blissful communication, that communion with spirit itself. Imagine that we check in with our higher power as we see if our life is on track and our purpose is being fulfilled. Imagine the, the time and the grace to be connected to our higher power in this way. You know, this, I think, is our soul experiencing happiness. That bliss that I see in pictures of the Dalai Lama so at one with that higher consciousness. All right, I invite you to uh, open your eyes and come back into the room again. I think I've described four aspects of happiness and a little bit of even the how-to that goes with it, right? Not only the sense of our our minds, our bodies, our emotional body, and our spirit in tune with things and with a higher power and a a higher sense of purpose, but this perhaps is the actual recipe, if you will, for happiness. So if this is the recipe, and, and, and if we've all experienced bits and pieces of it, why don't we stick to the recipe? Why aren't we happy all the time? See, I have a theory, and this goes back to the meaning of life. I think we, as perhaps as Americans, uh, but I would say a, as, a, as a human race even, I think we are pre-programmed to not see happiness as success. And I think we are on a kind of a hellbent quest, if you will, for more and bigger and better. And we're overlooking the fact that we already know how to create happiness. That there is something in us that already knows how to take care of our bodies. That there's something in us that already knows what's important around having our emotional self in in, in, in a good place and experiencing love and being able to give and receive uh, uh, the joy that's in our hearts easily with other people. There's something in us already that understands that meditation and contemplation are useful and provide a blissful state for us. I think we know all of this stuff, and instead we're on a quest for happiness when it's already right here. We already know it. We already have the magic formula. We've already been to the mountaintop, and the guru was actually honest with us and looked us in the eye and said, quest no further. You are the happiness. You are the purpose. You are what is necessary, and very, very little else. And so if we're going to reorient this quest, if we're going to try and really find the true meaning of life, I have another joke for you. Could it get any better than this? (laughs) All right, my other joke. An American investment banker was taking a much-needed vacation in a small coastal Mexican village when a boat with just one fisherman docked. The boat had several large fresh fish in it, the investment banker was impressed by the quality of the fish and the, the calmness of the, of the local fellow who caught it. And, and so he asked the fellow, how long did it take to catch the fish today? And the Mexican replied, well, only just a little while. The banker then asked, well, why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? The Mexican replied that he had enough to support his family's immediate needs for the next few days. The American then asked, but then what do you do with the rest of your time? The day's young. The Mexican fisherman replied, well, I like to sleep late. I fish a little. I play with my children. I take a siesta with my wife in the afternoon. And you know, we stroll to the village each evening and sip wine. We play guitar. It's a fun life. I have a full and busy life, senor. The investment banker smiled a bit. You know, I have an Ivy League MBA, and I think I could help you out a little bit. If you spent just a little more time fishing, you could, with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. And with the proceeds, with the bigger boat, you could buy more boats, eventually I would think in a short period of time, actually, you could have a fleet of fishing boats. And instead of selling your catch to the middleman, you could sell it directly to the processor. Why, eventually, you could open your own cannery. You could control the product, the processing, and the distribution. And then he added, of course, eventually, you might wish to leave this small coastal village and move to Mexico City. You could run an entire growing enterprise. Well, the Mexican fisherman asked, "Uh, but senor, how long would all this take? The American replied, well, 15, maybe 20 years. But what then, asked the Mexican. Well, the American laughed and said, well, that's the best part, you see. When the time was right, you would announce an IPO. You'd sell the entire company stock to the public. And oh, you would be so very rich. You would make millions. Millions, senor. Well, then what? To which the investment banker replied, well, then you could retire. You could move to a small coastal fishing village. You could sleep late. You could fish a little. You could play with your kids. You could take a siesta with your wife in the afternoons. Why, you'd stroll into the village in the evenings and sip wine, play your guitar, be with friends. So, what is the meaning of life? You know what's interesting? what's so interesting to me anyway, about this whole idea of the American dream and, and you know the corporate ladders that get climbed and the, the quest for the bigger house and making sure that our kids get it to go into the very best schools. and you know what is interesting about that to me is that actually is the meaning of life for a few people and it's very successful for them it really is the right answer for those few people and so i don't want to denigrate that at all i don't want to say that's not the meaning of life but what i would bet is it's probably not the meaning of life for nearly every person in this room nearly every person in this room probably has a variation on some theme or other but success won't be about achieving you know, the Fortune 500 company. Success won't be about owning your own business or things looking a certain way. Success won't come about just because you have a 4,000 square foot house that's decorated a certain way. Success won't be measured by how new your car is or what make or model it is. That may be success for a very, very few people and yet so many many of us have it almost ingrained in ourselves that that is what success is that's what the meaning of our lives are and you can see me heading right into homework i know you can (laughs) well on the surface this is an easy homework assignment it is simply to ask yourself and come up with the answer What do you want from life? This whole month, we're really going to be talking about individually beginning to understand what our true purpose is, what our own individual meaning of life is, and I think the best place to start is to ask you this question. It comes right out of the book, in fact. He said, here is where we need to start if we want to make progress in understanding the meaning of life, and that is, what do you want from life? God cannot provide you your dreams if you don't have some clarity around what they are. Now, some of you may balk at the idea of doing a little journaling or a little writing. I do happen to think that's probably the best way to tackle this question. But some alternatives, if you're, you're, you know, (laughs) pencil-phobic, and it's fair, I know some people are, uh, then perhaps some kind of an oral version of it, as though maybe you were going to tell someone else, like a storyteller. your particular uh, idea of what you want from life. But please work through this. I think this will be very useful for you, and it will help move us forward throughout this month as we begin delving into this. So one last time, the question is, what do you want from life? If you are doing it in in written form, uh, you could do kind of bullet points, uh, you know, do it in a journal format. But what is it that you want from life? I'm going to close today, of course, with a prayer and also a final reading from this chapter in this wonderful book. It is the quest to improve ourselves, to be all that we are capable of being, to test our limits, to grow steadily towards the best version ever of ourselves. This brings meaning to our lives. In each of the four areas, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, we discussed certain activities that bring us happiness. Why do we get a deep sense of fulfillment and happiness from those activities? Because they help us fulfill our essential purpose. There is purpose and meaning to life. And if we embrace this one solitary truth, that we were born to become the best version ever of ourselves, it will change our lives more than anything we have ever learned. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, one uh, oversoul, if you will, one consciousness that is the sum of the consciousness of, of every living creature. This God, this spirit, I know that it also encompasses me, that it includes each person in this room, that each person here is an individualized center of God's consciousness. Each of us here with that potential of truly making a difference on this planet. Each person here clearly with a purpose and on purpose here on this planet. And so on this day, I claim for each person here, that ability to go inward, to listen to that still small voice inside that is so, so carefully and purposefully here to explain the meaning of life, purposefully here to begin those divine dialogues that produce the best version ever of the people right here in this room. And so I'm grateful for this, of course. I'm grateful for God showing up right here in this room every Sunday so magnificently. And so I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts,